When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, Spartan fans, we're firmly in the offseason, so I'm just going to lead with this. Save the golden harvest. Save breakfast. Why? Well, I don't know. I've never been, but Matt has. And he will tell us all about it on episode 35 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll also be talking lots of recruiting today. And Foster Lawyer has a new home, so stick around for that. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Thanks for listening today. Uh, for, for those of you that don't know, the Golden Harvest is a breakfast joint in Lansing's Old Town. It's in danger of closing. ESPN college football analysts Todd Blackledge and Kirk Herbstreet have even donated money to try and help keep it open. I think last I checked, $24,000 have been raised for this Lansing staple. I've never been, but word on the street is people will wait hours to get into this place. Is this true, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I used to go a long time ago, probably, geez, 15 years ago plus. Me and my uh, roommates used to go down there every Sunday, uh, you know, after a fun Saturday night. Um, and the food is always really good. It's a quirky place. It's really unique. Um, but when the line started to get more than an hour, um, I don't have the patience for that. You could be giving, a, you could be paying me to eat breakfast, and I'm not going to wait an hour and a half in line to do it. So, that was kind of when we stopped going. But uh, for those who do not mind waiting in line, uh, it was a great place. And uh, hopefully I get it back together because um, food was good. What's the draw? It's just unique. I mean, the food's good. Um, never had a, I never had a bad meal there. But I don't know. It's just it's different. <laughs> it's just a different place. It's really small, but yeah. unique to say the least. I feel like every college town, I mean, Lansing, I guess it's not technically East Lansing, but you know, I feel like every college town has like those, those breakfast joint staples where it's like you go when you got a nice hangover or you need just like a little wholesome meal to soak up all the the activities from the night before every college town has got one of those. I feel like, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Todd Blackledge said he did a taste of the town when he does that segment and it was one of his favorite places he's ever been. So this seems to be real community support for keeping this place open. Kyle, you've never been either, right? No, I've not been. Um, I don't wait. I don't spend a lot of time waiting um, at restaurants. Uh, but the one place in Lansing I will say I've waited a while to get a table is meat. If, if you've ever been to Old Town in Lansing, uh, enjoy that place. Um, but no, I have not been to, um, to the other one. I used to love Bonnie's Place on cedar did you guys ever go there yeah they had the yeah. bonnie burgers with the ham on them holy crap mm-hmm. those were good and then it closed i was so upset about that yeah they've, i went there a number of times but they've been closed for years now so uh 
two of the three restaurants mentioned today um, <laughs> have been closed for quite a while. So every every we're Lance, not doing so well. Every Lansing establishment is like, keep our names out your mouth. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyways, let's get into it. Golden Harvest aside, there is a GoFundMe page out there if you want to support it, by the way. Uh, I wrote a story about it yesterday, but... Uh, um please like rate and review this podcast if you have not we'd appreciate it we've seen a couple more reviews trickling in you can follow our work on mlive.com for those that are asking uh that's mlive.com slash spartans is where you'll find most of our work or at least kyle and matt's work my work's all over the place but um if you could check it out very much appreciate tell a fellow spartan about it send us your questions for the future we got a lot to get into today guys uh, football, basketball, recruiting, uh, you know, it's May. We obviously don't have games to talk about. Games are a long ways off. Most of the player movement uh, has taken place, although we got some more news today. Um, so, uh, Kyle, I think we should start with basketball here. Um, aside from the breaking news, we did get breaking news about Foster Lawyer. So let's jump into that right now. That happened right before the podcast. Um, he finds a new home at Davidson. Yeah, he can go be the next Steph Curry, uh, I guess, there. Um, but, yeah, our Foster Lawyer emergency pod. No, I, I, I was telling Matt before we record. I think it's about as good as a landing spot as I could think for him, you know. Uh, obviously moving down a level, but A-10 basketball, that's, that's still really good hoops out there. Um, so I think the hope is that he'll be able to fit in a little bit better physically uh, while still playing a high level of basketball. Um, uh, Davidson, I was looking at him, Ken Palm. I mean, um, they certainly are not afraid to shoot threes there. So it's a place where he should be able to, if he gets minutes, he'll be able to, um, to hoist him up and maybe get that shooting confidence back that he lost at Michigan State. Um, and, you know, he has an opportunity. I think that's a league where he can succeed. So um, hope for the best for Foster Lawyer. I think um, obviously a lot of people here feel a certain way about him, but um, I still think he's got some good basketball that, uh, that he can play in college. Mm-hmm. And he's going from one Hall of Fame coach to another uh, legendary right. coach in Bob McKillop, who's been at Davidson since the 1989-90 season. Uh, he's taken them to numerous NCAA tournaments, whether it was in the Southern or the A-10 conference. Last year, 13-9 for Davidson. I'd say a little subpar compared to their standards. But for, for non-college hoop junkies, I mean, Davidson, maybe you, you think that's just kind of like, obviously everyone knows Steph Curry, they know the run, but uh, Davidson has been a very strong uh, mid-major program for a long time now. Uh, they did step up to the A-10 a few years ago, so we'll see if they can, uh, you know, carry that over. But they've made the tournament twice since they made that jump, and McKillop's a great coach. So uh, I think it's a fantastic learning spot for, for Foster – or landing spot for Foster. Uh, I know Davidson, I don't know a ton about their roster, but they just lost Keelan Grady, who was their 17.5-point per game score to Kentucky. So – uh, probably some help needed on the perimeter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so that'll be interesting for Foster. We'll continue to track it. So now Rocket, it, Rocket Watts is the only transfer that has not found a home yet. And I think, Kyle, if we would have asked us uh, between Lawyer, Kithier, and Rocket, who would be the last to find a home, would you have said Rocket? No, I would have guessed him as the first. Yeah. Um, so um, the, everyone's playing that close to the best. I think we talked about last time. I think he put out a statement that seemed to shoot down any indication that he was coming back, which I think is, you know, what most uh, Michigan State fans would be interested in. So, um, you know, I, I'd still be surprised if that happens. But we should hear soon. I mean, it's been what, two months now. So I, I would think we'll hear something pretty soon. For sure. Yeah, you know, I thought it was up. Did everybody else find it weird that the Kithier, or I'm sorry, not Kithier, but lawyer, like, you know, for Watts and Kithier, they put out statements, if I remember right, both of them and Izzo, and there was nothing for lawyer. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that just found bizarre. that strange. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. I don't know if that was if there's anything to read into that. Um, I certainly don't. Never got the sense that they were on bad terms with Barstool. Yeah, uh, I mean they. Tom said, multi- <laughs> yeah, he said, well, he, he kept, he said multiple times how much he appreciated it. I mean, I don't think we talked about enough with Foster lawyer that he was really hurt in January and February. Like his shoulder was in bad shape. He, he originally hurt that in like early January and played through it. Um, and, and obviously, you know, I, I'm not sure that prevented him from being an all big 10 player, but um, he was playing through pain there for a while um, and played as much as he possibly could for Michigan State until he absolutely had to shut it down and get the surgery. Um, and I know Tom is always very appreciative of that, um, that he felt like they, be, they felt like he put the team first. Um, so I, it, I'd be surprised if there was any animosity to that, but I did notice it too, Matt. The only thing I can think of is that when he was out for the season, they did put out a statement then, and he sort of said all those things about Foster, mm-hmm. how he's a big part of our team. He's been a great leader in the locker room. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of is maybe they felt like they had said already that everything that they had needed to say at that point, but who knows? It is a little interesting that they took the time to put those out and we didn't get one for Foster, but nonetheless, he's a Davidson wildcat now and uh, Michigan state presses forward. And right now pressing forward means uh, recruiting uh, Imani Bates and Enoch Boyace have both decommitted from the 2022 class, uh, which means Michigan state has a lot of openings uh, because that junior class is going to be uh, out of there by then. Um, a lot of rumors out there about who Michigan state is actually targeting. I feel like we know that they want a big man as Kyle outlined in a story he wrote uh, on uh, May 11th. And uh, you know, that's the word from recruiting cycles as well. Maybe also looking for a, a sort of wing type in this uh, 2022 class. So uh, we just thought, you know, since it's the off season, we'll, kind of take a closer look from a football standpoint and a basketball standpoint at some of Michigan state's targets in the recruiting cycle right now. Uh, early reports are Tom Izzo is going after some very high level kids from uh, different parts of the country, Kyle, what do you think their priority should be? You know, I, it, I think it's gotta be a big man. What you talked about, uh, you look at who they're bringing in for next year, uh, Jaden Akins, Max Christie, Pierre Brooks, uh, you're looking at a point guard and two wings there. So no big coming in next year. Um, you never know who's going to take the fifth year, but assuming um, I would think there's a good chance of losing Marcus Bingham after this year, uh, maybe more, you never know now. Uh, so I, I think big man's going to be a priority for them. And I think you can see that in who they've offered and who they seem to be targeting. Uh, had a chance to uh, on late on Monday speak to uh, Kajani Wright, uh, number five star forward. Uh, I think he's about number ten or eleven now. So top fifteen kid in the country, really highly rated kid. Um, and, and I want to talk to him because it was it was really interesting to me. He's from Los Angeles, um, and you do not see Michigan State um, offering and targeting kids from California pretty much ever. Um, I actually went back and tried to find the last high school recruit they signed from the state of California and could not find one. Like it, it doesn't happen. So I was kind of wondering what was going on. Is this interest legitimate? Is this kind of an offer that was thrown out? And, um, you know, was able to get him speak to him pretty quickly and his people were pretty enthusiastic about it. And he said, yeah, I'm, um, uh, I, I'm very interested in Michigan state. Uh, he, he's looking at taking a visit. Um, Basically, a couple of reasons I think this is um, there's mutual interest here. Uh, one is that, um, you know, he kind of just said early on, like, I, I want to leave the West Coast. Um, or I'm very open to leaving the West Coast. And he actually kind of reached out to Michigan State and some other programs and said, hey, I, uh, I know you don't usually recruit out here, but you should recruit me because I'm not just going to go to 
definitely just go to USC or UCLA or Arizona or wherever, you know, I, I'm very, you know, willing to leave the West coast. Um, um, so I, you know, I think that, um, had something to do with it. And then, um, we'll find a name here for you real quick. Um, uh, and then another reason I think is, uh, one of his mentors is a guy named Pete Davis, who was a former Michigan state point guard back in the seventies. And I think he's kind of helped make this connection to Kajani. Usually when you see Michigan state going for a guy out of region, there's some sort of connection there. You know, they, they, they recruited Drew Timmy really hard, even though he was mm-hmm. from Dallas, that's because his family's from Michigan and from the Michigan area and then places like that. So there's a Michigan connection. I think there's interest in him. Um, leaving the state. So it, it should be really interesting. Um, he's a guy that I think philosophically would fit in really well. Uh, told me he loves playing defense. Um, he's, he's a student of the game, loves shutting guys down. Uh, scouts call him an elite rebounder. Um, he's got good size, you know, 6'9", 220, I think he is right now. So uh, still, I think, a long shot um, for pulling a, a five-star kid out of LA. Uh, it's never been done before, so I'm not going to call it likely, but I, I think there's a little bit more smoke to this than people might think. So he's one of the names I'm watching uh, really four of the, the big men they're looking at. The other three I'll, I'll mention quickly, Jalen Washington, kid from Gary, Indiana, uh, another five-star rate, a little bit lower. Um, you know, a really good player concern would be he's already had a couple of knee injuries, um, including an ACL, I think. So he's got some injury history with a knee. Um, but, but a really talented kid, uh, Purdue is also very much after him. So, um, uh, Brandon Dawson comes to mind. They're battling Purdue for a Northwest Indiana kid. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, th- um, that's the biggest competition there. Uh, Terrace Ree would be number three on the list. Um, kid from St. Louis, they got in on him really early and they seemed in good position. And now he seems to be blown up the last couple of weeks, you know, Kansas offered Michigan offered Illinois offered. So I think everybody's catching on. So. I'm sure Michigan State will hope that them being in early will help them, you know, when it comes to make a decision. But I think everyone else is joining the party there on Terrace Reed. Um, and then the fourth guy is Isaac Trout, uh, as far as big men. Uh, he is from Nebraska, Grand Island, Nebraska. Uh, hmm. uh, talk about other places you don't see Michigan State recruit a lot, which is because Nebraska doesn't produce a lot of Big Ten caliber players. So, um, you know, they're in a hand that seem to be in good position. I do wonder with a kid from Nebraska how much um, and how rare that is, how much of a um, pressure he'll feel to join the home state program. And I know Nebraska is really prioritizing him. You talking about Creighton? Uh, I think Creighton's in there too. Yeah. Um, so, um, so those are kind of the four names, Johnny Wright, Jalen Washington, Terrace Reed, Isaac Trout. I think you're going to keep hearing those names as it goes along. Michigan State, I think, really needs to land one of them. Um, I, I'm reminded kind of of the, um, the 2019 big man recruiting cycle, if you remember that, when they really, really wanted, you know, one more good big man um, and targeted some really talented guys, um, whether it's um, Vernon Carey or Isaiah Stewart or Trace Jackson Davis and, and kind of missed on all of them. And then that was kind of a hole. Um, and that 2019-20 roster ended up with um, with Julius Marble instead kind of as a plan C or a plan D. But um, it kind of goes to show you that, you know, you, you kind of, I think they really kind of need to land one of these four guys. Um, and I'm not sure who's the most likely now. But I, I would think they should be able to land at least one of those four. Um, so those would be the four to watch. Yeah, I mean, good size on all these guys. You know, Kajani, 6'9", yep. 220. Uh, Jalen Washington is 6'9", 210. Terrace Reed, 6'10", 230. Isaac Trout, 6'9", 205. Uh, I think Michigan State might have a type, Kyle. I'm I'm not sure, but uh, (laughs) I think they might be into a certain type of guy. But 
you mentioned all the the different places that they're doing this recruiting right now. I mean, do you think this is just that this is where these kids are and that and Michigan State identifies the type of player that they like and this is who they decide to go after and see if there's mutual interest or do you think this represents maybe a subtle change in Tom's mindset from a recruiting standpoint where he's more willing to look everywhere? I, I do think he's, they've gotten a little bit outside of the norm because I, outside of their typical footprint. Um, because you're right. I mean, of, of these four guys I mentioned only, I mean, I don't know if you, we consider St. Louis the Midwest, but, but um, only one of them is really from it. Um, um, and Jalen Washington. But I, I do think that Michigan state has more national profile now you know, being to the number of, you know, final four, sweet 16s. Uh, I, I think something even like the champions classic um, does a lot for them um, in terms of that. And um, while I was talking to Kajani Wright and reporting on that, I, I was reminded of the Joshua Langford recruitment because that I think was a little similar in the fact that Joshua Langford and his coaches and his dad reached out to Michigan state and said, Hey, Josh, you know, is interested in you guys. And, and, they don't recruit, you know, down in Alabama typically. Um, and, they, and that was another recruitment that was kind of initiated by the player reaching out to Michigan State because they admired him from afar. And Josh, Josh is a basketball junkie. He had watched a lot of basketball and thought he would fit in well for Michigan State. And he kind of started that process. And I think early on, I mean, Josh was a five-star too. I think a lot of people probably felt the same way they do about Kajani Wright, which is, oh, five-star from outside the region. They're not going to land him, but but they did. And Michigan State's profile had a lot to do with that. So um, mm-hmm. that's why, I, you know, Johnny Wright kind of caught my eye. And, you know, he, he's very familiar with the program. He talked about Draymond. He talked about um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and Xavier Tillman and um, all the big guys come through there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Miles Bridges he talked about because he thinks he – you know, he says he can play the perimeter too and is working on his shot. So, um, yeah, I do think they're expanding some. Um, I, I think you want to be careful with that because you don't want to abandon, you know, the Midwest. Um, I still think you want that as your home base. And I think you want to be getting good Michigan kids and, um, you know, good Chicago kids, which is what they've done. Um, but I think, you know, I think the success that they've had and where they are as a program allows them when the, when the program, when the situation is right. You don't want to be offering the whole top 25, but when the situation is right, when the kid makes sense, if there's a connection to, to try to go for that bigger recruit outside your area, if you do it in a targeted way. And I think that's what they're doing. Tell Jawan Howard, you don't want to be offering the entire top 25. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Kajani, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it sort of made me feel old when he was talking about, you know, the tradition of Michigan state and how they play basketball. And he's like, Oh, we've been watching guys like Jaron Jackson and miles bridges. And I'm just like, those guys were just in school like two years ago. Like you can tell <laughs> that he's just Jackson's like 20. Yeah. It's like these kids, you know, obviously they're watching the NBA and, and miles bridges and Jaron Jackson are two guys that have sort of uh, blossomed this year. I mean, Jaron was hurt, but he's performed well. And Tillman obviously in the second round too. So I just think Michigan state, you know, they've always put guys in the NBA, but having these guys that are going in the NBA in the lottery um, or even late that are starting to to perform in the NBA level can only help the program. Um, and you're getting guys like Johnny Wright who have noticed. So, um, but the track record speaks for itself, especially with big men, uh, you know, in the NBA or at Michigan state developing at Michigan state. So there's a long history there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to think the Spartans are going to land at least one of those big men, um, maybe two, the, the offers are out there. They'll have the scholarships as far as other positions, uh, there's really one other guy I think that Michigan State has made a priority, and it's Jaden. We're going to go with shoot for now. It could be shut, but he's a Yorkville, Illinois kid, 6'5", 175, athletic shooting guard type. 
uh, obviously something that Michigan State could use as well. I know they've been after him hard as well, right, Kyle? This is a this is an interesting prospect. Yeah, um, sharpshooter. Uh, just right, he he uh, hit seventeen threes in a game at one point. So um, I don't care who you're playing against. You you can shoot the ball if you can do that. Um, uh, his rankings are strangely low, which I don't get because he's like outside the top one hundred and fifty, but like he's got like nine Big Ten offers or something, um, which. Um, you know, I, I can't really explain that disconnect well, other than that the game is about shooting, you know, and those guys that can really stretch the floor and be a knockdown shooter like that are so valuable these days. And if this kid can shoot the ball, uh, at the college level, like he's been able to, I think there's a ton of value in that. Um, and I, I think Michigan state got in early there. Um, my sense is that Doug Wojcik has helped them kind of in this, um, suburban, you know, Illinois, suburban Chicago area, um, he was there. His kid, I believe, played for the same AAU program, uh, this Illinois Wolves program that Max Christie played for, and now Jaden Shoot-Shut plays for. Um, so I think they've got some connections there that are helping them. I know, I know Doug Wojcik played a, um, um, played a key role in that. So we'll see. They seem to be in good position. Apparently he um, – this is according to Rivals, by the way, just so I cite. Um, he is um, uh, working on setting up a visit in June um, to Michigan State um, and for – all the programs that have offered him for Michigan State to really get one of those first visits, I think, shows that they're in good position. So um, I, I'm not sure they need a point guard in this class because uh, they're, they're going to be bringing in Jaden Akins. They're, they would still have um, Tyson Walker there. So that doesn't seem to be as big of a priority. But I think you always need more of these wings. And if you can get a guy like that that can be a sharpshooter, um, you can see why they're prioritizing him. And I should say, speaking of Doug Wojcik, I, I don't know why. They haven't announced it yet, but he's going to be the next assistant. I think we've talked about that should be announced here in the next couple of days. It's he's he basically been recruiting for them. Um, yeah, like an assistant, but that should happen the next day or two. I would think. We did a whole pot on it, talking about it being like a good deal, but yeah, they <laughs> still haven't really fully come out and said it. Well, they're, uh, they're trying to finalize their whole staff. Their video coordinator left too, due to Nisco and, and Tumble. Right. So I think they're trying to hire everybody and announce it all at the same time. Right, Tum Tum heading to Sunrise Christian. We never talked yeah. about that. That's a cool thing for him. Um, do you you trying to reach out to any of these other recruits? Yeah, trying. Um, uh, hopefully throughout the summer, and I will have we'll have we'll have, um, uh, we'll have stories on them. Obviously, some guys um, they're popular guys, so sometimes it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to get them on the phone. But we'll uh, we'll keep working on it because it's um, I think people like to read about uh, the next Spartans, even if it's potential ones. And uh, oh yeah. Uh, people people seem to like that oh yeah everyone loves their shiny new toys that's for that's for sure whether it's mm -hmm. uh anything really i mean whether it's a rookie in the pros or a recruit coming out of, of high school into college for your favorite team everyone loves to talk about the what could be the next uh who could be the next star so uh we'll keep an eye on it uh they're gonna have quite a few scholarships though for the 2022 class because well, that's that, the other thing i kind of wanted to touch on recruiting if we got a minute it's like i'm i'm very curious to see how many guys they take in these classes going forward um because like they got two spots open right now they don't seem to be in any hurry to fill them um i don't think they've reached out to any transfers that i know of um and like for Technically right now for this 22 class, they have five spots open and based on the number of offers they have out there, like they don't seem like they're looking to fill um, all five of those spots. You know, they, we've talked about five guys. Those seem to be the guys that they're targeting the most seriously. So unless there's some under the radar guys, you know, this is looking like only a couple guys in this class. So um, it, it makes me wonder, you know, how much the transfer portal might be m maybe more part of Tommy's or strategy going forward. If he's going to mm -hmm. be keeping a couple spots open every year, if, 
if you're going to be looking at a portal guy or two every year, or if they just want the flexibility, I don't know, but it seems like that's definitely new. Like, like five years ago, if they had five spots, it would look like they're looking for five guys. And now they've got five spots and it looks like they're looking for two or three. So that's new. Maybe all five are coming, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you keep thinking that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, this is obviously something that can develop uh, for a while. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think there's something to leaving some spots open for uh, transfers because that's just going to be a part of college basketball now. You know, you hear, you hear coaches talking about building the teams year by year. And Michigan State, Villanova, Virginia, programs like that where – they've sort of been built on consistency and keeping guys around for a few years. That probably still will be the case, but you're definitely going to see single year assets brought in mm-hmm. uh, at, at all sure. these programs, because that's just the way college basketball is now. So uh, let's move on to football. Uh, Matt is here unless he's uh, uh, scampered off to the golden harvest to uh, get some house made sausage. Uh, doesn't look, doesn't look like that's the case, but no, I'm uh, here. They're closed. <laughs> oh yeah. Dang it. I forgot. Come on, Herb Street. Send it in some more thousands. We need you, buddy. Uh, I got to see this place. I got to experience this place since it's, it's all the rage. But uh, football recruiting is happening, too. Mel Tucker is just a machine, man. This, this guy, I, I, I continue to be in awe. I love it. It's awesome. I love that we have a coach that is just embracing the craziness of the transfer portal brings in another guy this week, Ronald Williams in the secondary. Uh, he's a former four-star Juco kid, uh, went to Alabama, was a top uh, 12 Juco tr- uh, prospect in the 2020 class. Uh, looked like he was like second or third on the two deep there in the spring and thought that he might be better served elsewhere. But this is now the fourth different school that Michigan state has brought in um, a player in the secondary, Matt, that couldn't play next year i mean uh this is this is a big one too right yeah yeah again uh, i would separate and this is actually six defensive backs now that they've brought in five of them scholarship guys kendall brooks is a he's the d2 guy that initially mel said he was going to be a safety and now he's just a corner so whatever um but yeah and and you put um you put him in a separate category just because of the guys they've, they've picked up you have you have the guys like uh, Marquis Lowry and Kari Crump, Louisville and Arizona guys. They've, they're basically like recruits because they were 20, 20 guys and they never played a snap for those programs. So those are like recruits versus Ronald Williams is a guy who spent two years in community college, was productive there, went to Alabama. Uh, our sister site, AL.com, had said that they, they were when he was coming in, they kind of thought he could be a starting nickel. Um, he had an arm injury and then, you know, he just he played, I think it was three games, had one tackle and he was working a uh, second team corner for their uh, spring game uh, is what they reported. But, you know, he's a guy with college experience, the same with uh, Chester Kimbrough from Florida. So those guys I kind of put uh, ahead of Lowry and Crump because they've got the experience. So yeah, those two should definitely compete for a starting spot right away. Big addition. I and will... Mel, you know, obviously there's the Saban Alabama connection, you know, so <laughs> that's yeah. pretty obvious. The, I don't even know why you really didn't mention him. Mel worked for Nick Saban three times. So. Listen, go. any Alabama guys that don't want to play at Alabama anymore, come on up to East Lansing. We're, we'll take them all, man. Like these SEC, I have no problem with Michigan State turning into the SEC's AAA. You know, if, you, if these players can't make it on these SEC, traditional SEC power teams, come on up to East Lansing. I just, I, 
I love when we get players from the South. I don't know. Maybe that's just like me being up here in Michigan and, you know, we hear so much about the SEC speed and the talent down South, but I feel like that's been proven over time that kids from the South just, they have an elite athletic ability. Not that they don't come from the North too, but I just love seeing Michigan State get in on some of these guys. I love the transfer portal. Uh, I love the guys uh, Mel's bringing in. I guess, how much do you worry, Matt, about, you know, all these moving parts? You've got one fall camp to get all these guys in here um, and sort of make them fit and make them mesh with the guys who are currently on the roster. I mean, there is risk in this, right? No, absolutely. There is. Um, When you're talking about bringing in 33 new scholarship guys counting from freshman transfers, you're, you're pushing almost 40% of your, of your scholarship players are, are going to be new guys. You count the 85, but you've got the seniors coming back for the extra year. So it's less than 40%. But yeah, that's a lot. Um, but you got a little bit of it this spring with the five scholarship transfers they had. Um, you know, guys like Russo is competing for a starting job. Walker could be your starting running back. I'd be a little surprised if he isn't. Guys like that have already been established. Now they've got the next couple months to, you know, learn the offense more, go through another strength program. Um, but yeah, the, they have 10 other transfers coming in um, guys that should be competing or should have a starting spot in the fall. So it, it's going to be a quick, the learning curve is going to be steep, but um, as Mel said that, you know, this is, he was on the radio on Tuesday, uh, did an interview. I mean, you know, basically the same kind of saying this same stuff he had before is, you know, the transfer portal is, is something they're going to act to use. They're going to use it to enhance the roster now and, and we've talked about before, you know, there was, there's, this is the, uh, the season of attrition coming off his first year, the stuff that was delayed. And a lot of this, some of this would have happened a year ago um, if there wasn't, you know, for COVID and no spring ball. So yeah, <laughs> if they're going to, I mean, I think when you look at it, I would say that they, they'll have more talent on the roster this fall than they did uh, last year, but we'll see how it all meshes together. Yeah. And you got to think Mel Tucker and his coaching staff aren't just, you know, obviously they want talented guys, but you got to think they're not just out there being like, we'll take you, we'll take you, we'll take you. Or maybe they are, but you would think that they're bringing in guys that they see as coachable, that they like the talent, that they think they can work with um, because they're obviously bringing them into their program, a program that's just starting and building. Um, so you want to bring in, you know, quality guys that you think that are going to help your program long-term and help develop the guys who are behind them. So I guess it's just a, a, a case where from a fan standpoint, we just have to trust Mel Tucker. We have to trust Scotty Hazleton, trust Harlan Barnett, trust Kapilovic, trust the guys on the staff who are bringing these guys in because uh, there's really no other, other choice from a fan standpoint, but just hope that they know what they're doing and bringing in guys that are going to help the program. Uh, Matt, there was some other, uh, just briefly, there was some other transfer news on the football front too, like some guys signing elsewhere. Oh, well, yeah, not signing, just committing, but, uh, committing, one, yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's commits a interesting word these days, but, um, <laughs> offensive lineman, Justin Stevens, he's a Canadian. He entered the portal day spring practice ended committed to central Michigan said it was nothing has ever been more clear in his life. Yeah. I was doing this story the other day, um, through tracking where all these guys ended up and noticed he deleted the tweet committing to central Michigan. And now he's going to South Alabama. So, um, there's one change and then, um, Diari Todd, guy's four-year player, never got on the field. He is headed to Montana. So uh, as it stands, I mean, I think there's something to say for when you look at the recruits that have gone out and the recruit, the transfers that have gone out and the, and the transfers that have come in, of the 15 scholarship players Michigan State has either already landed or has commitments from, 12 come from Power Five conferences. Um, of the 26 that have left, 
or have entered the portal. I think it's 18 now that have either transferred or named a new school um, and six are going to power five programs. So uh, there's, there's a clear difference there. Part of that is, is a number of these, a lot of these guys that Michigan state uh, lost to the portal and never played in the games. And some of them are coming off one year. Um, so I don't know what opportunities they would be when you're uh, kind of a low three-star recruit to start with and you, you know, spend maybe a year or two at Michigan state, you don't get on the field. I don't think Alabama's calling. So um, yeah, just interesting to see the, the difference in the guys that are going out and the guys that are coming in. Speaks to a, a large talent gap. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it like, uh, uh, you know, Tom, we don't need to get into it, but Mark D'Antonio's recruiting fell off big time at the end of the, at the end of his regime. And that was exemplified by the numbers. And now it's exemplified by a lot of guys going to group of five schools. So it's, it's fun to see the transition. I'll just say that. Um, but you wanted to talk uh, about Michigan state's quarterback recruiting for 2022. Uh, I mean, they've, they've offered a lot of guys. We, we didn't really touch on it on the pod, um, but uh, AJ Duffy seemed like he was interested. The IMG kid from Bradenton ended up going to Florida state instead, but it seemed like he was at Michigan state spring game and it seemed like they had a good shot at him. I think uh, Jaden Denigal from California is probably their top target left out there, but um, what's going on on the quarterback front for 2022? Yeah, I don't know that that Denigal is the top guy. Um, he's the highest ranked uncommitted guy, but I don't know that he's the top guy. Um, okay. Uh, so interesting. So Duffy commits to Florida State, and Florida State reportedly want to take take two quarterbacks this class, which I you know that's hard to do um, if you're talking about two four star guys. Um, so he he commits to Florida State, and Nico Marshall, if I'm pronouncing that right, he's a kid from Arizona. He then says, well, guess what? I'm going to take an official visit to Michigan State. So, uh, um, and, you know, that changes things. So there, right there, you got a guy that's, uh, you know, four-star prospect who's going to be on campus uh, this next month. So um, I talked to this story on uh, Hank Pepper, the uh, long snapper who signed up this class, and he said that as soon he knows Nico, and as soon as he saw the tweet, he was texting him. So he plans on trying to recruit him to Michigan State. Um, so Denigal's the uncommitted guys from California, four-star guy. And then the other guys you look at, Justin Martin is a four-star from California. He has been committed to Cal since it was January. Um, but that doesn't seem 100% firm. So with recruiting opening up, I messaged him, and he said that he plans on getting to Michigan State in June. wasn't sure if it was going to be an official or unofficial, but um, he wants to get to East Lansing. And then – after Duffy committed to FSU, they quickly offered Caton Hauser. He's a three-star kid from California. He's been committed to Boise State. His, his tape looks pretty good. So uh, he's been pretty quiet. I mean, he announced the offer, but that's about it. So we'll see if they can get him on campus. And then another guy to look for, fifth guy, is Luther Rikison. He's an unranked quarterback from Tennessee. So <laughs> not as much attention as the other guys, but um, he was at the uh, Lead 11 camp in Indy. Um, a couple weeks ago, and I spoke with Alan True from 24-7 Sports. He went down there watched him and said he was, the kid was great, um, better than they thought he would be. Uh, he had some of the better numbers uh, that, you know, Lead 11, they put out these different scores for the guys. And, and he had some of the better numbers there. So he, by all accounts, he impressed. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, with, with the NCAA changed when they, when they said the dead period ends, you know, the recruiting calendars go back to June 1, to normal on June 1. They made an exception that um, – recruits could be evaluated on campus during the days that camps are permitted. So 
if it's an unofficial visit. So they could potentially get these guys, some of these guys, if they want to, to throw for them when they're on campus, if they come up and make a visit and it all works out. So, and Alan had said that basically, if, you know, a guy like Luther goes there and he throws for him and he, and he does as well as he did at the elite 11, that, you know, that can change things. So uh, yeah, interesting to watch. So really, I, I mean, there's five guys that I'm kind of looking at right now and uh, just like your uh, big man recruiting in basketball. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, they're going to have to, you know, they got five guys committed and uh, missing a quarterback last year was pretty quick. They got, a Pamphay in uh, April to commit, but didn't hurt that they got him on campus right before the shutdown. So we'll see if they can pull one of those five guys and kind of, and that usually you get a quarterback that can lead to some more commitments to get receivers to kind of go along with them. Guys want to know who's going to be throwing the ball maybe in a couple of years. All these California kids out there. It's uh, interesting. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time Michigan state got a, a quarterback that was above a three-star. I know like Jeff Smoker was a five-star, but that was a long time ago. Uh, I mean, do, do you remember? Do you know? Well, the last time? Theo, Theo Day was a four-star. I think when he committed, he was. He was at one point, but, you know, the rankings change. They go down. You know, Devontae Dobbs was a big five-star kid, and then he ends up being a four-star. So those things change. I'd have to look, go back and look off the top of my head. I can't recall. I mean, Drew Stanton was probably a four-star or a five-star. I don't remember, but uh, I would have to go back and look. It's probably been a bit. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to pull it up uh, right here, but it's uh, you know most most of the top guys they get are either defensive guys or you know running backs. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling down the list and I'm not seeing. Uh, it's been a while, so. <laughs> uh, but it would be great. I mean, to get a, to get a four star talent at the quarterback position, a, a kid who could go to Florida State coming here. Uh, I mean, that would be that would do wonders for for the offense. I think just to get a, a really not not to say that Hamp Fay can't turn into something or these other guys we've seen uh, under recruit. I mean, Zach Wilson was a three star kid, um, so you know they can turn into things. Trey Lance was a three star, so. Uh, not to say it can't happen, but, uh, it would be nice to get to just elevate the, the starting talent level, uh, at that position to start. So Saya DeWeaver and Damian Terry were both four star quarterbacks there you for go. your information. And neither of so, them worked and, out. <laughs> uh, Messiah played, uh, I think one game. I think that was the Ohio state game that beat down in 17 and he forgot the, he didn't have his, uh, play card on his wrist. Mark pointed that out after the game. That was when you get thumped that bad, you got to make a little light of something. And Damian Terry, obviously, the, everybody remembers the spring game uh, hype and when he was a freshman, and uh, obviously that didn't, didn't pan out. Meanwhile, three-star guys like uh, Kirk Cousins, Nick Foles, and uh, Connor Cook uh, did, did decent. Stars are not everything. We, if there's anything we've learned about recruiting, it's that stars do not tell the whole story. You obviously got to land somewhere that is a good fit for you and uh, develop through the, through the year. So uh, was there anything else, Matt? I'm not seeing anything on the list. Is there anything else we need to touch on or Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I think with football, it's going to be interesting to see because these, you know, the transfer guys, I mean, it's not like they sign a national letter of intent in December and you wait for them. So they're committed and we'll see when they get here. I talked to uh, Ben Van Summeren, the linebacker from Michigan, and I talked to him yesterday, last night, and he said he's, he's moving in today, and he starts uh, classes on Monday and kind of get acclimated to the team, and he said they start their uh, strength program the 24th, so they are now moving on. So we'll see how many guys get on campus right away and how many kind of trickle in after that. 
it's the never-ending recruiting grind. It, it never stops for these coaches. Uh, recruiting is a year-round thing. Nice that the dead period is finally going to end and, uh, you know, Mel can actually get some of these guys on campus. I know, you know, from the videos on Spartan Vision we've seen, he's real fired up about that. Um, how would you say – I mean, he's done an admirable job, honestly, getting commits to come to Michigan State when he hasn't been able to get them on campus. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough sell when you're, when you're pitching guys. To, hey, come here. We can't meet you. You can't see the place in person. I mean, some of these guys could visit on their own if they had the money to come out, you know, pay for it themselves. Like, you know, there were some guys that did that. But a um, you know, guy like, you know, plenty of these, a number of these guys just have never been there. So a guy like mm-hmm. Hank Pepper from Arizona, he was going to go to San Diego State and Michigan State calls and, and convinces him to, to go there instead. I mean, you trade San Diego weather for East Lansing. Uh, I got re- I'll, I'll respect your decision on that. I would uh, have a hard time making the same choice. But uh, uh, he said he was re- he's ready for a change of scenery. So, um, yeah, he's – you know, it, it, what will be interesting to see is, is what he can do and what that staff can do when, the, when recruiting goes back to normal because mm-hmm. that's coming up here soon and people are going to expect him to recruit at a high level and we'll see if he can do that. And Kyle, I did get a, a little chuckle about uh, the one quote in your story about Kajani Wright talking about wanting to experience the East Coast and coming <laughs> to Michigan. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I did not tell him what uh, what he's really in for. So Michigan fans can thank me for that. Seventy-five and sunny every day. That's what you need yeah, to tell that's him. What it is here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. We appreciate you very much for listening. We'll stay on top of all this recruiting. Obviously, it's going to be a while until uh, we have actual games, but uh, fall camp, eh, well, still a couple months away. I'm trying to convince myself that football season's right around the corner, but it's just not. Uh, but you know what? We got a summer to enjoy, so we'll do that. If you could please like, rate, and review the podcast. If you could uh, donate to the Golden Harvest so I can taste this delicious meat that uh, Matt is talking about and go wait for three hours, I will do it. Um, and uh, give us a rating or review. Check out our work at mlive.com slash Spartans. Appreciate everyone for listening. And for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. This has been MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Go Green!